welcome to uh, Five Cats, Two Pussies. This is Lindsay. And this is Ronnie. And this is episode 52! Holy shit! (laughs) (laughs) Pew, 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 fireworks, smoke show! (laughs) I definitely think you do the hello better. (laughs) (laughs) But now that I know you can do it as we enter uh, episode 53 and season two coming next week, (laughs) we can mix it up. (laughs) This is going to be a crazy topsy-turvy episode as we celebrate our one year anniversary. Woot, woot. Woot, woot. <laughs> you know what today also is? Uh, no. Yeah, you do. I do? Yeah. It's Engineer Dan's birthday. Oh, it is Engineer Dan's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Engineer Dan. Happy birthday, Engineer Dan. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate the acknowledgement. I feel like at some point we're going to be talking all about Halloween. We've got a special (laughs) guest, but I'm just going to lay down my birthday track right now and say that the fall reminds me of my favorite foods, birthday cake, even though my birthday cake was an apple pie, and (laughs) being born so close to Halloween, the fall is certainly my favorite season. I think it's like a plus one. If you want to use D&D terms, I have a plus one <laughs> to fall because I'm born so close <laughs> to All Hallows' Eve. I know. Where the veil thins and the candy floweth like wine. <laughs> <laughs> the veil thins and the spirit of deceased Kevin enters Dan's body. Yes. <laughs> or deceased I'm, Dan enters Dan's body. I fucked this all up. <laughs> I, we all know what you were going for. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan kind of let the cat out of the bag. We do, in fact, have a very special guest today. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> Our first ever guest. So exciting. I don't like cats in bags. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Nor do I. <laughs> so we have a, an extra special guest. We wanted to do an extra special episode for our anniversary and also to kick off. You know, we... We are super excited to enter our second freaking year of doing this, but um, in the meantime, we're going to cap this one and usher in a new era with my mom. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) And we hope to have many more future guests on, but we're going to start things off with Hazel Keddy herself. Yeah. Close to our hearts. (laughs) And she will be joining us in just a second, but Lindsay. Yeah. You know what we gotta do? Yeah, before that. Before that. Yeah. First of all, before we do the thing we gotta do, yeah. before we do that, yeah. I gotta tell you, I started a new video game without you. I started Drake's Hollow. I don't know Drake's Hollow. Oh, it's super cute. It's by Molasses Flood, and you like have to take care of a little mandrake root, and they all have names and personalities, oh. and you run around like doing quests for a crow. It's fucking fantastic. If there's quests, I'm in. And it's multiplayer. <laughs> so you know what we're gonna do? We're going to play Drake's Hollow. We're going to nerd up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I can't wait to tell people all about our Drake's Hollow adventure. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. <laughs> Lindsay in a job interview. What would you say your biggest asset is as a worker? Like, I'm quest-based. I'm, I'm a quest-based worker. I'm a quest-based worker. I'm a completionist. Yes. And I you will mean, make sure that all of the side quests are all, taken you care just, of. So all I need to do to get you to perform at your maximum in me, my HR brain is... Um, 
um, set up your task list as a series of headers (laughs) (laughs) with subtasks (laughs) that you need to accomplish to scratch off the main task. (laughs) They must be (laughs) reward-based. HR's like, do you mean you're a task-oriented worker? I'm like, no, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a quest. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I have a quick update. Ooh. On my wandering bush. <laughs> oh no, go for it. <laughs> Both sides are now equal in width. Equal in wandering or equal in width? Well, they're 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 both wandering for sure. Oh god. <laughs> but but one isn't like one side isn't quite a bit wider than the other anymore. Okay. Now they're the same width. Well, congratulations. Which I feel like is l- a little less alarming. I'm just <laughs> pretty hairy in, on w- only one part of my body. <laughs> she went from lazy to hazy, baby. <laughs> I'm going to light this baby up before we All right. it again. Let's light our candle. <laughs> 52 episodes in, we've really gone off the rails. <laughs> well... We will be right back in just a few moments with a very special guest. Totally. Talk all about Halloween. Yeah. We'll see you soon, which is... Welcome back. Thanks, dude. Okay, I feel like I need like some mini fireworks and a drum roll. <laughs> we have our very first extra special, lovely and talented guest. Extra, extra special. Episode 52, we needed a guest. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> we would love to welcome to our or our own little coven circle, my mom. Mama Hazel. <laughs> Hi, Hi, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. Oh, thanks so much. I'm glad to do this. (laughs) We are so excited. We uh, we racked our brains of like what topic has you know the most impact punch for episode 52, and it turns out (laughs) it wasn't really a topic. It was (laughs) you know it was we wanted a guest, and you've been a wonderful, um, supportive fan. Uh, throughout this entire year, and we've we've talked about you, and you've shared <laughs> stories off air with us that we had permission to share on air. So we are so excited uh-huh. to actually have you here with us. I'm excited to do this. <laughs> very excited to do this. Awesome. Well, we are going to talk about Halloween, uh, sort of in general. But before we do, I'm sure our listeners are curious. Uh, you've shared some witchy, ghosty, spooky stories, but do you consider yourself a witch? What is your relationship with witchcraft or your sort of thoughts on the matter? Well, it was kind of interesting. When you mentioned about doing this, um, I grew up having five older brothers. For years, I was called Witch Hazel because... There was a comic book that the boys liked to read, and there were two main characters, Witch Hazel and her sidekick, Little Itch, which turned out to be a younger sister. (laughs) 
Now, I often wondered why that name Hazel was connected to a witch. Because even Walt Disney cartoons chose Hazel as the name for their witch. So I discovered that the name became attached to the witch because of the tree that grew in England first called the Witch Hazel. And it has beautiful flowers, but it blooms in the winter. And so it was often said that the tree was bewitched. Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) Yes, and herbalists that were often called witches by mistake discovered that the uh, witch hazel would uh, be able to be boiled down and be made into a lotion for the skin. A lot of rashes and irritation of the skin. And even today you can buy hand cream with witch hazel uh, mixed in with it. So that's where it became connected to witch. But I grew up hating the name Hazel. (laughs) So I have never considered myself a witch, but my brother certainly did. (laughs) And then along came Walt Disney and the Witch Hazel cartoons, and I said, oh, Really? (laughs) There are millions of female names. And believe me, at school, that tag came along, Witch Hazel. So uh, often I'm really into the herbal side of things and would much prefer to have a home remedy or something all natural over a product that you just can't even pronounce the names that are in it. So I have never considered myself a witch uh, in the other aspect that we have come to associate that meaning with today. But I really admire the herbalist side. That's that awesome. That you, you, you know, connect it with witchcraft. Super cool. <laughs> now, I've I've grown up knowing about Witch Hazel and Little Itch, but it was funny because uh, it was very recent that uh, you, Mom, actually shared a cartoon with me. And if I'm not mistaken, Witch Hazel in the Disneyized cartoon also has blonde hair, which my mom has. Yeah, wow. yeah she does. So that didn't help my cause, nope. and he did it. Not, <laughs> a, not even a little. No. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, awesome. So when we invited uh, you to be our, our very first guest, we had shared that, you know, it's it's almost Halloween and it's our, you know, favorite time of year, Lindsay and I and, and Engineer Dan. And whether you celebrate Halloween or Samhain or, uh, you know, All Hallows Eve or whatever, you know, the meaning to you, uh, I think... You know, it's it's just an, like an extra special, one of a kind time of year, and you, mom, shared that you were actually a big fan of Halloween. Which growing up, I gotta say, I love it. I, I love Halloween. I I never <laughs> knew that. <laughs> oh, I just I love Halloween. My fa- my father loved Halloween. He would go to extremes to try to trick my mother. He One year, he went next door and put on a wig that he had borrowed, 
stuffed one of Mum's bras, borrowed a dress from the neighbor, put on high heels, <laughs> and then he came up our driveway to the front door, knocked on the door, stood there all dressed up a, like a lady to trick or treat. And so my mom, my mom says to me, I think that's your father. So anyway, we watched, and Dad said to himself, oh, no, Mary thinks that she knows it's me. So I got to walk up the street now. He had these high heels on, and our road was not paved. And he said his feet hurt him so bad, and he went over to the house across the road to trick-or-treat. Oh, my God. And, and when he came out, we were still watching on the veranda, so we had to continue on up the street. I feel like Manny, uh, so uh, your mom, my nanny, and did that on purpose. <laughs> I was like, if you're going to do this, I'm going to make you suffer. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it, growing up in a small town, Halloween, we got so excited because the Legion Hall was in the center of town. And Halloween, before we went trick-or-treating, children from all over the town would come in their costumes to the Legion Hall. Now, there was what they called a hobo band. Anyone that could play an instrument was all dressed up like hobos. They marched us through the town, all the children, and everybody came out to see our costumes. So they marched us up to the high school, into the auditorium. All the adults came to see our costumes. And then they took us up on the stage according to our ages. And there were first, second, and third. I never remember getting anything other than first place. Oh, hell (laughs) yeah. My mom could not sew a dress. (laughs) I do gave her crepe paper (laughs) and needle and thread. She could make the best Halloween costume (laughs) ever. Hazel, do you have a favorite costume from when you were a kid? Yes, a little Bo Peep. Awesome. (laughs) Yes. And my grandfather made me the crook. Oh, cool. And my outfit was, again, it was crepe paper, and it was pinks and yellows and cream colors. I had the little bonnet and an apron, and I was in primary. Now, that costume has stuck with me all these years, and everybody knew that I was little bulky. <laughs> okay, I Nobody have... <laughs> had to say, and who are you, dear? Oh, man, I hated <laughs> that. <laughs> now I have two thoughts. <laughs> okay, so, so uh, crepe paper. Is that like yes. tissue paper or like I don't, I'm not I guess I'm not super okay. familiar with what crepe paper is and I'm and I'm right. I I feel like you're not right. in like cardboard and you're no, not probably no. not in tissue paper is somewhere in between No Okay do you know when you buy streamers to decorate yes. halls oh! for weddings or Yes Yes okay. but you used to be able to buy in large rolls or you used to be able to buy in large sheets Oh, and so then you just make your pattern uh, on out of say newspaper, lay that down, cut it out, needle and thread, sew it together, crepe paper costume, awesome. and there were real candles lit everywhere. 
somebody was watching over us that we didn't go up and play. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you think about it, I would that, light myself on You fire. know, little kids with the, with the pumpkins right outside the doors, right? The jack-o'-lanterns with real candles. And here all, you know, we all had these great paper costumes. You could, there was no such thing as going and buying a costume made. Like today, you walk into stores and you can everything you can think of is already made for you, but not then. You had to make your own. So uh, I know Lindsay and I talked about a, a costume that we haven't done that we'd like to do. But Lindsay, do you have a favorite childhood costume? I was usually a witch as a child. I have favorite adult costumes, though. <laughs> I mean, I'm not giving you an age limit on this. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Um, so, yeah, I have, I mean, I have a few that I really liked. I uh, I used to have a parrot, and a, he was a blue and gold macaw, and I saved all of his feathers that he would molt. And mm. one year, I took all of these feathers that I'd saved over, like, years, and I made a costume with those feathers, and I went oh, as awesome. him. His name, oh, was, wow. his name was Peter. Oh, I won like awesome. 300 bucks in a costume contest <laughs> for that. Yeah. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, that one was good. I also did a mushroom costume that I liked a lot. <laughs> How do you make a mushroom? Foam? Yeah. Oh, I'm guessing a lot of foam. Yeah. No, I used wire to like build oh, a giant Jesus. mushroom hat. It was huge. Like to go into a crowded bar and navigate with this giant mushroom head. It was difficult. Uh, so the skeleton was wire, different gauges of wire, and I put paper over it. To I like glued paper over it, like kind of like kind of paper macheed it a little, yep. I guess, and with different colors and made it look mushroomy. And then I took some like really thick, fluffy brown yarn and wrapped it underneath and made that like oh, look like, like the, the spores. Gills. Yeah. yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. I love that mm-hmm. uh, like a mushroom is not something that you'd think of when you think Halloween costume. You're like, I'm gonna be a mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> I won first place for that one too. <laughs> God damn it. I have never entered a costume contest. So to my recollection anyway, so I, I do not have a first place costume prize. I I always go with the weirder the better. Yeah, fair. <laughs> Defy expectations. <laughs> I was telling, uh, sharing with Lindsay earlier that I feel like growing up we always had handmade, homemade costumes, often thrift yeah, stored kind of thing, and put together. Uh, and mm-hmm. I never really thought that it was because perhaps you and Dad both really liked Halloween. I always kind of just assumed it was because we didn't have a lot of money and like you know at a store-bought costumes weren't cheap then like to get a nice costume not only could you actually truly make a nicer costume from scratch but also you know it was much more cost effective and could be reused later by my younger brother so if you know we ever I don't think we ever really reused costumes to my recollection But no, we off, we did no. do a couple of double ups where we were both like Inspector Gadget one year. Yes, yes. that's cool. No, well, your father and I we would start planning the costumes several weeks before Halloween. Oh my gosh! It was yeah. so much fun <laughs> for the two of us to do that. I love and that. And when when uh, we were going together before we were married, um, your father came to. Uh, the house where I was uh, growing up and took an old bear skin we had in the basement, put put cut pieces out, put the uh, bear nose over his 
face and you. made himself into a werewolf <laughs> and scared the bejeebies of every kid that came up that driveway for a bag of candy. Yes. He did that one year, too, where because yeah. you would always take uh, my brother and I out and we would start trick-or-treating like around dinner time before it got dark dark and we would have these destinations of like we'll go down this direction these streets hit the main like drag kind of thing and end up my grandmother's house and then from there if we wanted to keep going we could but if we wanted to take a break because we were little kids you know then sometimes that's it we're good um yes but one year i do remember like it kind of became a thing where where dad would like go out either before or after us and know where we were headed without cell phones mm-hmm. too. And just like wait yeah. for us to scare us along the way. And he did the <laughs> oh, werewolf yeah. thing up because my grandmother's um, driveway was lined with big trees. Every like 10 to 15 feet, there was a big chestnut tree of this long ass driveway. And yeah, he was like hiding behind one of those trees and like just scaring kids. <laughs> so I moved to the city and I'm like, yeah, this is what you do for Halloween. You like oh, set yeah. up a big elaborate like plan and you scare the shit out of kids. <laughs> I love well, it. I love it so much. <laughs> one year, one of my older brothers had a uh, dummy, full size, stuffed with leaves, put a rope around its neck, hoisted it up. When the kids started to come up the driveway, he would lower it down in front of them. Oh, my and God. He figured, he figured more kids that he scared away, more candy for him. And my, mother didn't, my mother didn't know he was doing that. And she couldn't understand why the kids weren't coming to the house. <laughs> That's pretty clever. That is pretty cool. Um <laughs> uh, now, I'm kind of curious since, you know, since we're headed in this vein of, you know, you and dad were pre-planning our costumes. We never really argued. I think there was a few years where it was like, what do you want to be? And I actually had an opinion on it. But most of the time it was like, yes. we're going to make you this no. for Halloween. Yes, that's right. What was your favorite? Like, did, was there a favorite costume to make or one that really sticks out in your mind where you're like, oh, my God, this like started off as a good idea. It was just the worst. <laughs> <laughs> For you, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when you played the old man. Mm. Mm-hmm. When we bought you, there was a mask that was so lifelike, and it was an old man. And we put a pair of what we thought were old man pants, suspenders, <laughs> and a, an old man's type of check shirt on you, gave you a cane and um, gave you a little pot belly. Yep. And <laughs> you played that character perfectly. We dropped you off at school, but where <laughs> nobody could see you uh, getting out of the car. And even no, none of the teachers knew who you were. <laughs> you stayed in that character. And it wasn't until you got into the classroom that your teacher said she was looking around trying to figure out <laughs> who was behind the mask? So she said, "Well, that's not so and so." So, and then, right? She figured out who it was. But y- you just stayed in that character. You just played that old man perfectly. 
what what I remember about that uh, was sort of two things. The first was it was very comfortable, uh, except for the mask. Uh-huh. It was my first time ever really wearing a mask for Halloween, and yeah. I didn't realize how yeah. sweaty the inside of a rubber mask will get, <laughs> especially one that's kind of too big for your face. <laughs> and yeah. the uh, so there's a like yeah there was a lot of like sipping my own sweat, which was gross. <laughs> um, but the second was like. I took it to like this g- gross level because <laughs> it had a little <laughs> slit for a mouth and, but it wasn't big enough to like talk. There was just like a breathing hole essentially, right. yeah. but it was big enough for my tiny little kid tongue to poke out. And I would just like yep. lick my lips with it. <laughs> I thought it was, because it got a reaction and I thought it was funny. But now when I think about it, I was just like this old man that was just sitting there licking his lips at a bunch of kids. Being I was like, gross. <laughs> I, I, well, I, I purged myself. I'm share, Veronica, I'm going to share something with you. Oh, no. Because, because uh, your father and I were invited to a Halloween party, and he dressed up as the old man, and I had the old woman's costume. And we went in with a mask on, and even the people that invited us there didn't know who we were. And, and so your father, we would go out to dance, and he would go along with his cane and and try to lift up an, a lady's dress or something. Oh playing my god! Right. No. <laughs> and then and and then uh, he would lick his lips. Ew. Well, everybody laughed, and I tell, and we won first place. And when we <laughs> took the masks off, people couldn't believe because they thought Hazel. You're so straight laced, right? <laughs> That's fair. I mean, <laughs> Dad is a bit of a like practical joker in that regard, but yeah. <laughs> we just for the record, we do not condone pervy costumes. <laughs> no. Oh my. <laughs> uh I I guess my my next thought on this and you know i'm i could man i could talk about costumes all day i love making costumes i actually we're not really doing a big thing for halloween this year because of covid but mm-hmm. i even just a few days ago was like hey lindsay do I need a red skirt for a full red witch outfit? <laughs> I'm like, no, no, the answer's no. no but she's wrong. The answer's yes. It's always yes. <laughs> I love costuming, but uh, we just bought a bag of Halloween candy, uh, mostly for snacking, I think. Uh, and it's just amazing how many pieces of Halloween candy that was for the kids just fall out of the bag onto my lap uh must mm-hmm. be eaten at the, i mean i can't give it to a kid at that point you gotta give eat them it. the three musketeers <laughs> that's my <laughs> yeah so i don't like three musketeers it's the worst halloween candy second to maybe rockets although i really liked them as a kid but i'm kind of curious sort of around the horn Favorite Halloween candy and least favorite Halloween candy. Like, what's the thing that like you trade away? What's the thing you trade for? Oh, hmm. Uh, the worst was Christmas um, ribbon candy. There oh was my a God. <laughs> yes, there was a man in town who owned a store, and any Christmas candy he had left over. That's what he passed out 
at Halloween. Gross. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was the worst. The best would have been a, a small, and I mean small, bag of chips. <laughs> because chips were five cents a bag and to come in possession of a nickel was a hard thing for children and so if my sister and I had a nickel we would get an all-day sucker and share it so to have our own bag of chips that was heavenly that's that's so that legit. The, that must yep. be where you get your chip love from. <laughs> oh my god! I one hundred percent get my love for chips from my mom. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I think I was always a fan of. I, I yeah, I was definitely a fan of getting the bags of chips because it's the same thing. It's like oh, it's a bag that's mine, and I don't have to share, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, b- malt balls or milk duds because nobody gave uh, them out mm-mm. and sometimes you get the little boxes of like little packages of malt balls or milk duds and they were so awesome and rare that was my favorite and I really <laughs> I've grown to love but as a kid I was not a fan of molasses taffy that like Wrapped in the uh, wax orange paper. Mm-hmm. It was fucking yeah. hard. Like the ones that were chewy and soft mm-hmm. were delicious, but they were never chewy yeah. and soft. They were always yeah. like super hard, tacky. Like, mm-hmm. and people would just hand them out in like handfuls. I'm like, you f- cheap oh, yeah. bastards. <laughs> that sounds like mm-hmm. a real bummer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was always happy Pull to get like right out of chocolate. <laughs> Anything chocolate. <laughs> A lot of people would hand out raisins, and that's what oh, bummed me out the most. Yeah, like, no, don't I, give me any of that nature's candy oh my God. bullshit. I hundred, I totally forgot that people give out fucking raisins. The worst. That's the worst. Totally the worst. <laughs> like, just give me an apple. Like, I'm just gonna throw them away anyway. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> I do remember one year um, I had a classmate named Bethany Darrow and her mom made and gave out fudge wrapped in little tinfoil packets and I knew where it came from and I was so excited because she made some of the best fudge in like in town kind of thing mm-hmm. and so I had my own little piece of like brown sugar fudge and mm-hmm. like dump we, we always had to dump our candy out so that mom and dad could like you could sort through it kind of thing but yeah I remember the like where did this come from what is it who gave this to and I'm just like oh my god it was Beth's <laughs> grandmom <laughs> it was like she had given out like a little foil wrap pack of hash or something <laughs> It was just called, uh, you know, food security. Yes. Oh, I totally get it. I mean, also, I feel like, I don't know, I, I have no proof, but I feel like at some point you and dad must have gone through and been like, okay, because you would always do it together, like probably mm-hmm. after we went to bed and went through and you're like, we have seven Reese's Pieces peanut butter cups. Now we have six, three for each of them. <laughs> we have <laughs> like six bags of oh, chips, three for each of that. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we definitely did that. Because we had very equal bags, and I did you, way more you. houses than my brother. <laughs> no, we definitely did that. Yes. <laughs> uh, found out. 
Yeah. Yeah, because, I, I mean, you guys would always encourage us to, like, even the houses that, like, didn't look like they were open for business mm-hmm. or were scary or like, go, go, go. You'd always, like, push us to go, which is so weird now. But uh, eventually I feel like my brother's just, you know, not as maybe as assertive as I was. And I was like, the more houses I visit, the more candy I get. (laughs) And I savored my candy. That was all year candy, man. You really got to score big on Halloween. (laughs) You do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sweet. Well, Valentine would come and you would still have Halloween candy. Yes. Yes. I remember I made it to Easter one year. That was a big crowning Uh, achievement for me. I would allow myself one piece of candy. Per day, and that's it. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. only I had that <laughs> that stick-to-itiveness now. <laughs> well, I think we'll take a short break, and we'll come right on back with some more spooky Halloween tales. Totally. We'll see you soon, witches. <laughs> So, I could easily, as mentioned, talk about the reminiscing of Halloween all day, every day. It's the best holiday. The best one. But it also is a very serious holiday for for a lot of folks. And I want to talk a little bit about, you know, that sort of spooky side of Halloween, the thinning of the veil between the world of the living and the world of the dead, the welcoming of darkness over the next few months as one of the sort of high holy holidays in Wiccan traditions. And I want to sort of explore that a little bit because I am a fan of honoring both your light and your darkness. And especially about the idea of like communing with the dead around Halloween. It's all about ghost stories and, and spookiness. And what better time to to explore that a little bit in, in your own personal practice? Yeah, dude, totally. Have you ever, like outside of seeing ghosts or spirits or whatever, have you ever talked with the dead? Uh, yeah, uh, I have. And some of this is probably not particularly surprising. And I bet some of this will be new news to mom. Uh, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, I do, I have, and I think it's most often with pets because I had the luxury growing up of, you know, being able to bury, uh, like pets that are gone in the backyard and now I've carried on that tradition in our yard. Uh, so, you know, I do. When I go out to, like, tend to that area or visit, you know, it's important to me. I know, you know, realistically, I think I know logically, you know, the spirit of Nimbus probably can't hear me or the spirit of Daphne can't hear me. But it feels good to talk to them sometimes and just, you know, be like, how are you doing? I miss you. Like, you know, that kind of conversation. Uh, I have not spent a lot of time with grave sites of people that have died. I've been very fortunate where a lot of folks in my life that have, um, that have passed 
you know, either I wasn't that particularly close with them or I was very young when it happened. And, you know, it was sort of like it was always the case kind of thing. And I don't live where anyone is buried that I know. So I don't have a grave to visit a lot of times. But I did, as a child, attempt to speak with my grandfather on a pretty regular basis, uh, which is kind of weird as an adult when you think about it. <laughs> I don't think that's weird. I think that's really cool and re- like really sweet. Yeah. So this would be this would be your dad, uh, mom, <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, his name is Eli, <laughs> and mm-hmm. his is the only grave. Like he died when I was three. And he was the only right. grave that I ever visited, but it was visited with respect because we we grew up next to the graveyard. So, <laughs> so at the end of the road that I lived on, like you could see it from my backyard, was the cemetery, and that's where he was buried. And so I always grew up like hanging out in the graveyard, like, you know, riding my bike through there because it was a safe spot, visiting his grave, like, and... Oddly enough, I didn't talk to him at the grave. I always felt like I could talk to him when I was about to go to sleep. And I would often tell him about my day and speak out loud a lot of times. I just sort of whisper to myself and tell him about my day or um, ask him questions about like, what do I like? What does he think I should do? Or, you know, like um, tell him that I missed him and that sort of thing. But I don't remember his funeral at all. And I don't really remember no. him dying. I remember him as as an alive individual. I remember I have very vivid memories, um, even under three, of hanging out with him. But yeah, somewhere mm-hmm. between like, I don't know, I would say like five to ten. I would, you know, it was one of those like, sometimes you wanted somebody else to talk to. And I didn't feel that kind of kinship with my grandmother. She was a wonderful lady, just I didn't, I wasn't that kind of bond with her. And so sometimes I'd talk to him before I went to sleep. Oh, yeah. That's super sweet. <laughs> I don't think I've ever told anybody that. <laughs> no, that's the first time hearing it. Well, it's not something that you just like go around talking to people about. It was my special private, you know, conversations. Yeah. So, yes. yeah, I felt like he was somebody that was listening. And I felt very much like that he listened and... And I don't think he necessarily responded, but in my like in my very mm-hmm. vivid imagination, child brain, I like to think that he was talking back to me. Maybe he was. I don't yeah. know. In my adult mm-hmm. brain, I like to think that he was listening and talking back to you. Me too. too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can go anytime I want to the cemetery. I have never, ever gone to the cemetery to go to their graves, mom and dad. Never. I I don't believe for one minute that who they are is in the ground. I believe with all my heart that they are still alive. Yep. And so even when they died, I didn't cry because I was happy having faith saw me through that and the essence of who they both still are, that is in me. And so I don't have to go over there to, like, a a lot of people just go to the graveside and they stand there and talk to them, right? Talk to the, but I don't. 
if I ever want to say anything, I don't have to go over there. I, I can because they still live in me, and, and and that's what I believe in. And I and they they live in Veronica, they live in Carson, they live in our grandson, and so as time goes on, their essence of who they are still lives in each one of us. That's beautiful. I love that thought. For people that are like, who's Karsten? That's my brother. (laughs) 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 I don't think we've ever said his name on air. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think think that's such a lovely thought, and I think that's so true. You know, people's, like, not just from the sheer physicality of bloodlines and that sort of thing, but, you know, even if you're not physically, biologically related to somebody, you know, who mm-hmm. you are as a person in life and that energy mm-hmm. and the stories you give and the good times you share, that's what, you know, yes. lives, uh, absolutely lives on, whether you have faith or not, yes. that always yes. lives on. And I think, you know, yes. faith can be a wonderful and comforting thing, uh, you know, yes. for, for individuals that do believe and mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, whether it's a Christian faith or the belief that, you know, the, the veil between worlds thins at this time of year and it's a wonderful time to honor the dead and commune with them mm-hmm. and call them forth. Right. Now, kind of curious, I guess, piggybacking on that a little bit, you know, are there, as an adult, are there particular things that, aside from the sort of trappings of costumes and candy and trick-or-treating, are there things mm-hmm. that you know, that both you, Mom, and Lindsay are going to do for Halloween that are, like, personal, close to you? Or, you know, how do you celebrate as an adult minus the trick-or-treating aspect? I usually light a candle for, like, those who have passed that were close to me. Yeah, that's sort of That's like, I light candles for a lot of things, but, yeah, especially on Halloween. I like to go to the, the food side of things. And because there are certain dishes that I won't eat throughout the year, but in the uh, late fall and towards Halloween, there were certain dishes and things that my mom made that were made around Halloween time, and I will do that on purpose, and I will definitely think about her when I choose to make those. I got to know what those dishes are. <laughs> you can't leave us hanging. <laughs> well, I don't know. You, you um, Corned beef and cabbage. Really? Uh, no, I don't. Yeah. I, uh, mean, no, I don't know if fair. that's a dish who's familiar with what, but yes, definitely. Uh, we're recording from Boston, so <laughs> everybody knows. <laughs> but it's usually a thing that people eat at St. Patrick's uh, yeah. Day, which ah. we all know is a bullshit holiday. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's because the uh, because the um animal that we would have butchered would have gone into the brine and it would have been perfect to eat for Halloween. Oh, cool. And of course we grew our own cabbages as well. And so yeah, yeah that was would have been the perfect dish. And my mom always believed that we should have a hearty meal before we went trick-or-treating. That way we didn't eat half the bag of candy before we got home. I actually really love 
your description of of the corned beef and the cabbage and how the the corned beef came from the animal that you slaughtered and yes. the cabbages were ones that you grew because it it absolutely harkens back to kind of what Samhain was all about. It it represents the last harvest. It uh, sometimes there would be animal sacrifices uh, or the slaughtering of animals to have food to last throughout the winter. So I think that that's really really cool. That's what my grandfather told me when I was growing up. Oh, awesome. <laughs> because um, his family came from Germany. And so that was part of that tradition that he shared with me. That's awesome. I did not yeah. know that. <laughs> yeah, that is really yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think, you know, I've never really considered a particular food tie-in with Halloween. I always like... Uh, I like respecting the darkness and exploring the spookiness and winding things down. And it happens to also, I think this year, be the same weekend that the clocks get rolled back. And it's just everything all at once between like Halloween and the blue moon and clock changing. And, you know, it's it's a lot. I think it's going to be a very, a very powerful day for a lot of people. And, you know, I think that, yeah, I... I always sort of struggle with, like, I always want to do something, like, big and fantastical and be like, oh, this is going to be the year where I cast a ritual spell. And I'm like, you know what? No, it's probably just going to be the year that I hang out in the backyard with friends that I haven't seen since June and also Lindsay. And, <laughs> and you know, and we're all very, like, we're all witches and we're going to just, like, share a pizza and, like, have a backyard fire pit and, you know, drink a beer or have a glass of wine or, you know, a cup of cider or something and really just, like, enjoy each other's company headed into what I think this year especially we all know is going to be a particularly tough and dark period for a lot of people as, you know, where we're all going to feel the isolation just a little bit more, but... I don't think that isolation needs to be a bad thing and having a night like Halloween where you really like bask in the friendship and the camaraderie and the closeness of family members and friends and loved ones that are both with you and not and share those stories and memories like I think that that kind of sort of closing out like sunsetting of the light is a really nice, it's a really nice way to sort of honor that and carry that sort of torch with you through like the winding down of fall and into winter. Absolutely. And now I want fall is cabbage. my <laughs> favorite time. <laughs> Not because I mean the leaves are gorgeous in color and things are cooler, but fall is my favorite time because fall is the beginning of new life totally it, it yes totally. because if you if you're a gardener now you go and you look at say a rhododendron bush if you check all the buds are in place now for next year's flowers they're there now they've already grown every leaf that falls if you look on a branch there's a bud there just waiting for the earth to warm up again, to put the sap running through, to make a new leaf. So fall is, people get, sometimes they get depressed or they think, oh, you know, things are dying, but they're not. 
It is, it is the beginning of new life. The old leaf has to fall to make an, uh, the bud for the new leaf. So it's just that cycle is continuing, and it is the beginning of the new life. And so I love fall, and I think about that in a more positive way. It's the beginning of new life. And to me, that's more positive than thinking, oh, you know, how dark, how dreary, you know. <laughs> yep. And, 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 you know, oh, the trees are so bare. You know, everything is dying around me. But it's not. You just need to look because it's not dying around you. It is the beginning of the new life that you're going to see in the spring. So it's not dying. It's just waiting. I love the positive outlook on it. I really do. That's, I'm sure that has helped you through many a long winter. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And I'm going to try Especially this, look at this one. Like that. <laughs> I, I like that, you know, I, I've always sort of enjoyed a bit of a, a melancholy side of things because, you know, I don't think you can, for me, I can't enjoy the. Uh, the go go go, the vibrant like uh, sunshiny atmosphere of summer without the balance of mm-hmm. also like you know giving thanks to all of that. But like you like essentially you've worked hard all freaking year, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know you yeah. got things ready and you worked hard and you took care of it and you tended it and you grew it and then you like made sure it stayed alive <laughs> and like the harshness of the summer where you'd rather be doing anything but watering and <laughs> maybe I'm just speaking for myself but <laughs> and then you know and then you really like you reap those rewards and you celebrate that and and it's okay to then go now we need a rest and I think that's really why I tend to also gravitate towards fall and winter and I have learned a healthy respect for all the seasons because everybody needs a freaking rest now and again you can't just be produce 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 go 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 you also need times to be like okay so all this work that I've done has butted this new idea this new hobby this new whatever this new self-confidence like all of this work that you put in buds new changes but sometimes you just need to like take a moment to like to give thanks to everyone and everything that has gotten to you to this point and then go okay now I'm gonna like just take a second and breathe before I just like plow into and then the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Yeah. And I'm not good at that. (laughs) So, so having a seasonal change for me and really trying to adjust my mood and my creative process and all of that sort of thing in with those is really healthy reminder. (laughs) Otherwise, if I lived in California and it was just go, go, go all the time, I I would be a crazy frenatic, like (laughs) lunatic. (laughs) I know it. (laughs) I do miss being warm. (laughs) yeah being cold is not my favorite thing (laughs) but it does make you appreciate the warmth that much more absolutely (laughs) it It does does for sure it does (laughs) well awesome i have really enjoyed having our very first guest i have too this has been so fun i know i'm so touched and honored and 
and thankful that you decided to join us today, Mom. And uh, I think before we sign off, we had asked ahead of time as as my cat guru, as my surrogate veterinarian, <laughs> anytime anything goes wrong, and I'm like, I need to, like, is this normal? Should they be doing this? Is this poisonous? What happened if? <laughs> as a person who I think instilled in me a love of cats and has had more cats than anybody I know, would you close us out, Mom, with a cat story? Sure. Yay. Uh, I grew up with my grandfather telling me that cats sucked the breath out of you. (laughs) Somewhere, at some time, I have no idea, I suppose a cat must have curled up in a bassinet and maybe smothered a baby unintentionally or something, right? And how these things get just so twisted. But, oh, yes. Uh, So I grew up Hating cats, thought that that's exactly what they did, and I just no, I I was not really afraid of them, but still, well, the, no, I was not having any part of cats at all. And then along comes Mark, who thinks that this is utter ridiculous. It's foolishness for me to have a hate on for cats. His mother, his mother's cat had kittens. And he gave me one. And that, that's my dad. Oh, <laughs> Mark <wow>. is my dad. <laughs> so uh, this sandy little ball of fur, all of a sudden it depended on me, right, to feed it, put down a dish of water, and 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 then... I just, I just fell in love with this little creature, <laughs> and I've had 24 cats over the years. Wow. But Sanjo is the one that warmed my heart to accept all the other ones that wandered into the yard because through the years, we, we uh, just purposely chose three cats, purposely. The others were strays that we brought into our home and certainly into my heart. And so if it hadn't have been for Sanjo teaching me and showing me that indeed cats are worthy of all the love that you could ever give them. <laughs> Sanjo lived uh, one of the longest too, right? He was... Yeah, 19 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That that is a great cat story. <laughs> the idea one. of you not liking cats is so foreign to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you always grew up with them, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm responsible for bringing home at least four. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. That's right. You certainly are. <laughs> well. Awesome. I I look forward to over the the course of the next year's worth of episodes, season two, <laughs> season two <laughs> of exploring. You know more personal stories, having more guests, maybe having you back, mom, to yeah. talk about some garden stuff. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I 
I just want to take a second as we, you know, sort of wind down for episode 52 to just say, you know, thank you to everyone that's listened, whether this is your first episode or your 52nd episode. Um, And thank you to Lindsay and Engineer Dan and Brian and everyone who's, you know, been there along the way and listened and gave feedback and, you know, we... We started this as a couple of dorks on the back porch who we were like, I've got this name. <laughs> Five cats, two pussies. I think it sounds like a podcast, is what Lindsay replied with. <laughs> what would we even talk about? <laughs> I'm still I'm I'm still giving engineer Dan the credit for the podcast idea. I'm still pretty sure it was him. <laughs> but either way, it's been a fun year, man. It absolutely We've has been. We've had a really good time. <laughs> Congratulations, ladies. Oh, Thank you. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> awesome. Well, so much love in this Halloween episode, in our anniversary episode. And so I think that's a great place to leave things. We'll see you next week. Until then, remember, no pervs, no Nazis. Totally. No raisins. <laughs>